the wildest thing that's ever happened to my agency or in my agency is I had a, a pretty racist client go on a rant for about 15 minutes and then walk into the office to file a claim and meet me for the first time. Uh, it was an experience watching her jaw drop. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> what was she saying for 15 minutes? Uh, she just she had gotten rear-ended in an accident. So she was like on and on about, you know, this this guy and he had an earring and a Mercedes and he's probably a rapper and, you know, people <laughs> never have insurance. So oh, yeah. she threw it at those people. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty bad. And I just let her go on and on. I'm like, yeah, come by the office with uh, with the police report. I'll I'll help you file the claim. And then she meets me and I put my hand out to shake her hand and her, she just turned like a ghost. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was pretty good. It was a good one. <laughs> she definitely learned her lesson. <laughs> yep, yep. You never know who's on the other end. <laughs> oh, love it. All right. Cool. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, my name's Jason. I'm with uh, the Borboy Insurance Agency here in Coral Gables, Florida. And I'm proud to say I'm an insurance dude. Love it. <laughs> yes. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Kretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. Right now, while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. We took our notes from over 100 interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies led Craig and I to selling more than $10 million in premium in the last two years. On this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the same results. Just go to live.teledudes.com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. If you jump on this call with us, we're certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there. Jason Killings, welcome to the Insurance Dudes. We're super excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me, guys. It means the world to me. Yeah. Yeah. This is a long time coming. I know that you're a busy dude, and uh, we've had a, a couple hiccups with the COVID lately. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. So I know your office is dealing with that now. So, But I'd love to know, how did Jason Killings get into the insurance business? Oh, that is an interesting story. So um, I started flying airplanes at 16. No and, way. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I got my private pilot's license at 17 and then went to college, uh, got all my commercial ratings, and I actually became a flight instructor. So unlike most industries where like you participate in the industry and then you go back to teach, in aviation, you flight instruct to build up your hours to then get a commercial airline job. So I was doing that at a college up in New Hampshire. And uh, there was no students during the summer, so I moved down to Miami and started teaching people how to fly. And one of my students owned an Allstate agency. So him and I kind of hit it off. I taught him how to fly. And then he's like, why don't you come work for me in the office? And uh, I'll teach you the insurance business as well. And 15 years later, I'm, I'm still doing this and not flying anymore. Wow. wow. When was the last time that you got behind the, is it a yoke? Uh, yeah, yep, yep, exactly. Last time I got behind the yoke was probably uh, like seven or eight years ago. I, My wife and I were dating and uh, I hadn't been up in a while, kind of was jonesing. So uh, a buddy of mine was repositioning a citation. He's like, why don't you tag along? So my girlfriend at the time, now she's my wife and my buddy and I, we did like a little two hour flight here in Florida and it was, it was nice to be back. I missed it. Yeah. 
Crazy. It, it, that's an interesting way to learn, right? Is learn by doing. Correct. Yep. We call it experiential learning. That's uh, yeah. that's what they teach. Yeah. You learn by doing. Well, there's really no better way than to do that, right? I mean, everybody wants to, I want the knowledge, I want the knowledge, I want the knowledge, and then they don't go execute. It's like, you just got to jump in. Yep. And that's that's yeah. what we did. So like, you know, I taught at that college. I was 21 years old teaching 17 and 18 year olds how to fly. And the first day on campus, the first thing we do is we get them in the plane. We Whoa. coach them through what to do. And this is in New Hampshire too. So um, not a whole trees. lot of options if something <laughs> happens because there's a lot of trees and mountains. But um, from day wow. one, we get them out there. I mean, it's just like driving a car, but in the air, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a couple more. You can't pull over. A couple more buttons. <laughs> there's, there's no all-state right. roadside. There's no motor right. club. When you have a flat wing, it's not just go, yeah, pull over yeah. the side. Yeah, exactly. Well, take us back to your earliest win in the agency and what really became the fuel that fired you. Good. So, I mean, this is, you know, we're going back. 15 years ago, but this was, I wasn't the best salesperson in the beginning. It, it, it kind of hurt my feelings, like losing and not closing deals. So for those of you who have been with the company for a while, we used to have this old system called All-Star on like Microsoft DOS. And uh, it was a challenge because you didn't get the VIN numbers. You had to have the people go walk out to the car and get the VIN. And they had to read to their driver's licenses. And it, it was a long process to close a piece of business. And I realized like there would there just be these long pauses, like these big breaks in silence of silence while they were getting their info. And I'm like, man, I need to engage. Like I need to talk to them about the weather or sports teams or their kids or something. And I remember closing my first policy and like all my teammates like clapping. It's probably like um, a couple weeks in. And it was just such a high that you just you chase it ever since, you know? Love that. So now you've obviously grown. The numbers that you post are incredible. But like, describe your team and their roles in in the agency right now. Okay, yeah. So we we've, we've got a pretty uh, good mix. We're in a the type of market where there's uh, really complicated homeowners policies because we're in Florida. Mm. So what we do is we have uh, what's called subject matter experts. So we have people who just focus on homeowners and they do that really well. And then we have people who focus on auto and boats and umbrellas and do that really well. Uh, and then there's a few people, you know, who are tenured. They've been with us for about 10 years or so. And those are the hybrids that can, you know, round out an account and do both uh, all at once. But I realized, especially in the beginning, like, you know, the first year to year and a half, the best thing to do is just have subject matter experts, have one person do one thing really exceptionally well. And that's worked out for us. I love that. And as you grow, it probably becomes a lot easier to be able to break down those roles. But it's got to be easier to onboard people when their whole role is to just really learn this one subject well, rather than the plethora of insurance <laughs> knowledge out there. It's like, oh. Exactly, exactly. You know, and for like here, we have four-point inspections for a home. We have wind mitigation inspections. Um, there's just so many moving components that to do that and teach them all the auto insurance lingo and uninsured motorists and sequences of payments. It just, their brains just can't absorb it all, right? You're, they're just getting thrown like a fire hose of information. Uh, yes. It's incredible. So much learning. Yeah. And it is amazing. How many on the team? So right now we're a team of 15. Wow. Yes. Wow. So a big group. And with a big group, we know that one spoiled apple will wreck the apple cart. So what have, what have you done? <laughs> 
Yeah, and I don't know. I think that is not how you say that. Say. <laughs> yeah, but, you're close. You're close. Or, What's uh, it? Uh, what, what rotten apple uh, spoils the bushel, right? right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, or don't, don't let I'll the pro- apple. Yeah, oh, I'm probably just seeing that bad. with don't let the apple fall off. The, I don't know. The apple doesn't fall far from the apple cart. Is that what there I was go, mixing? There you go. So, so uh, critical, especially as you get a larger and larger team, you're scaling up to have a really strong culture. What have you done and what has the organization done to create a really, really tight and great culture? Good question. That, that's always, you know, that's evolving. So it's never uh-huh. like a perfect, you know, formula that, that works and we just kind of set it and forget it. Sure. The, the few things that we do do is we have a very collaborative environment, which, you know, with these COVID days and people working remote, it's a little harder, but we do have a meeting, you know, a weekly meeting. We talk about our wins. We talk about our losses and we talk about kind of the things that we've observed going on in the industry and within the office and with our clients. So that's something that's been huge and beneficial for us. And we have an open door policy. So it's not just me talking and dictating to everyone else. There's a two-way communication there that I think is really valuable. One thing I've learned as a leader is you have to listen as much as you talk. Uh, Mm. Listening probably even more because our teammates, especially our service people, they're on the front lines. So, you know, I'm kind of the general at the top of the mountain overseeing everything, but those people are in the trenches. Their view is different than my view and vice versa. But Listening is probably the biggest thing. And then the third thing that we do is recognition. So if we have a killer month, you know, we go out to a happy hour. Less now with COVID. We always throw a gigantic Christmas party. <laughs> and then we compensate these guys for, for, their, for their production. So uh-huh. um, those are probably the big things that we've done to really keep our culture intact and, uh-huh. and keep everyone happy and engaged. I love that. And especially the listening. It just reminds me of not being in the mix all the time. Sometimes we want to implement things into the service side or or the sales side. And there's been a few times that I've said stuff and there's a little pushback. And at first I'm like, no, 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 we got to do this. But then it's like, wait a minute. They understand that it might not work the way I think it'll work. And if I don't recognize what they're saying, like they're so unengaged but if i do recognize what they're saying they're very engaged and and it's kind of humbling but when you learn that that listening element man it really does create a much tighter team it's hard to do sometimes though yep you have to take what they say and like reflect on it so sometimes we'll even and it sounds so like basic and rudimentary but you know same thing i'll come up with an idea i'll get some pushback on why they don't think it's going to work and then we just whiteboard it I'll take yeah. the person who was the, the strongest pushback. And if I can't convince them, then I'm not going to convince the rest of the team. And we'll just, we'll whiteboard it out and go, okay, well, what's the pros and cons of how we're doing it? You know, my goal is to make it easier and more efficient for you guys. But if you think this is a pitfall or that's a pitfall, okay, what's what's level three? What can we do to overcome that? And we do it collaboratively. And that's that really helps the culture. I love that. What are you doing for your recruiting process right now? So a couple of things. One is I give my team a referral bonus. So if they hire someone or if we, they bring us someone and we hire them and they stay on board for three months, they get, you know, a couple hundred dollars. So that works. Yep. We've always had an ad running. We never stop, you know, because people have midlife crises. They want to change industries. (laughs) So we always uh, keep an ad running all the time. And we probably are slightly overstaffed, I think, but we've always run this agency that way as opposed to 
uh, you know, slightly short staffed. I think it's, it's really important to have a little bit more capacity. Well, in all things, right? Like a few too many leads, a few too many inbound calls, a few, like a little bit extra of everything and a little bit extra of the capacity. Otherwise it's just like, everybody's pulled too thin. Yep. Exactly. Right. Like, like I'll give you an example being in Florida, the litigation here is like absolutely crazy. So, you know, we had a rocking and rolling service team, rocking and rolling production team. We did about 4 million this year in new business premium. Nice. Wow. And now we're getting hit with the non-renewals because the carriers just are losing their tails. Mm. So by mm. having that slight overstaffing, we're able to handle that, delegate that out, keep a really good a detailed log and a process to make sure that, you know, these non-renewals are worked effectively but no one feels overwhelmed. That's important that. because they start getting overwhelmed. They're uncomfortable. Then they start grumbling. And then, you know, then that apple cart thing happens and yeah. off to the races. So that really makes it important. That whole onboarding experience of the new hire, right? It's really important to, to create a good experience for that. Yep, exactly. That's your, that's your first impression, mm-hmm. you know? So you have to, you know, make a big deal when they come on board, introduce them to everyone. What we've always done is, and now we do it via Zoom, is we do a kind of roundtable where each person here talks about the licenses they have, their role, and how long they've been with the company. So when you bring someone in and, you know, my homeowner specialist has been with us for 12 years, and she talks about how she matriculated from a receptionist to a customer service rep to now our top homeowners producer, it gives those new hires a career path as opposed to just a job, right? So they're like, well, if she did it, you know, and she, not to say this disparagingly or anything, because it just shows you that you never know where you'll find talent. Her job before her receptionist position with us was she was a waitress at Hooters. She never saw herself in an office job. She never saw herself as a professional. And she does a hundred thousand a month in new business premium. Amazing. Wow. That's so cool. I always tell, that's why I always tell people I was bartending right before I, jumped into the agency so hey yeah. if i can do it anybody can yeah you, know? you never you never know where you're gonna find talent you know right what would you say the your most effective training tip if there is one thing that you guys do what would you say is the most effective training tip <sighs> probably getting people on the phone right away you know and it's like mm. a, it's, i think it's a it's it's almost like a phobia right so if you <laughs> hire someone and they're timid and you kind of like tepidly get them where they need to be, it doesn't work, right? Because that fear just kind of like builds up inside. So if you can get them on the phone, even if it's like the worst experience ever, you can go, listen, that is the absolute worst call it's ever going to be. And you handle it well. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's smooth sailing from here. (laughs) Right, exactly. You know? So that's probably (laughs) one one bit of advice that's always worked with us is like, listen, get them experiential learning. If they're going to be on the phone, get them on the phone from day one. Yeah, I, I ten thousand percent agree with that because you have to set that tone also, right? Like we're either gonna find out if they're gonna be able to do it, which is that part. And then we also want to set the tone of if we bring them in and then we start just like, okay, watch these things and learn and and do all this, then they really learn how to be complacent. Yep. And they're never gonna be a top producer if they're not doing the activity. And yep. in this in this whole world of instant gratification, they have to get this understanding that it isn't that. They have to create the pipeline, but the pipeline only is developed if they're doing 
X number of quotes and X number of calls and all of the different activity that are behind it. Yep. I agree. Yeah. yeah. See, let them get a taste of the results and then they see the effort that it took to get those results. And then, and then you're just going to duplicate it and replicate it over and over and over. So yeah, yeah I, think that, I think that's a great way to put it. So you do the happy hours, the, the killer Christmas party, which I, I heard you had sting at what types of, I'm just kidding. You didn't have sting at your, <laughs> no, no, we didn't. <laughs> uh, what, what, what other things do you do to keep the team motivated? Um, I mean, those are, those are probably the biggest ones. We, we do do like a top producer uh, event at the end of every month. And then we just, we just stay engaged. Like I'm always like with the team, you know, so talking to them, you know, checking in on them, not, not to the point where it's like micromanaging and they feel like it's suffocating, but just, they know that like my best interest is their success. So just, you know, coaching them up and talking to them. That's probably the biggest thing that we do. Yeah. Yeah. That really works. So I know you're heavy into homeowners, which is awesome. What are you doing for marketing right now? So we're doing a, a couple of things. Obviously, we're we're using uh, the insurance dudes to go ahead and you know make outbound calls to primarily like our our aged quotes, our unsold quotes. So we're doing a lot of that, and that's been working really well. And then I went back in 2020 during COVID, and I started sending mail outs again. Ooh, people nice. were home. You know, they were home, they weren't in the office, so they could work on their personal stuff a little bit without having someone breathing down their neck. And I built a really good pipeline of homeowner mailouts and auto mailouts, driving them to landing pages uh, where they could then, you know, request a quote and go into the CRM system that I have. So, and that's, that's worked really, really well for us for the past two years. Love it. Love it. And, Mailers. It's, it's almost like you want to pivot and do the opposite sometimes of what yep. other people are doing. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a part of the reason why I did it. I was spending like so much on internet leads. I, I had built uh, an agency from scratch into the October, 2017. And I sold it in June of 2020. I built it to 3 million in what, 24 months, less than, yeah, just, just under 36 months. And, uh, and I was spending a ton of money on internet leads and more and more agents got wind and the pricing started to creep up. And I'm like, I think I'm going to go old school, right? Right. When COVID hit in January, February, I just, I went the other way. Wow. Love it. And then, so, and then you're having people follow up with phone calls for all those leads as well. Yep. So that, that's the other thing is like, I realized that you can send a mail out and, you know, you typically get like a 1% response rate, you know, so out of that, if you send out 10,000, you're going to get about a hundred calls. And then out of that hundred calls, our closing ratio here is pushing like 30%. You know, you're going to close 30 policies, but you have to be available on the phone when they are. So the other thing that I did, and I also realized people don't want to talk on the phone as much as they used to, right? That's why texting so prevalent is I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give these clients multiple options. So my mail pieces have an email address. They have a landing page where they could put in their info, maybe add their cars, Mm. And then we created this whole ecosystem where 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 the customer wants to be, as opposed to trying to drive the customer to where we're right. at. Like that. Do you have a Love QRC it. code on there? I did. Totally, yeah. I did for a little bit, but then it got a little too busy. And you yeah. know, a lot of these people are you know they're retired like condo yeah. owners in That's Florida. True. They're not. They don't have yeah. a QR code. They're like, what's that square thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. It seems to be the big thing now. At least yeah. if you're traveling, you need it for the. COVID, but uh, I love that. And because your team, so you have the larger team and then you have them separated even down to 
auto people versus home people, you can run that where you have uh, the internet side for the auto and then the the mailers for the like two different entry points basically into your funnel. Yep, exactly right. And I've done, I've tried where I did both, and we just we're a smaller operator. We're not fifteen. We're about half that. But everybody does home. Everybody does, you know, everybody does both yeah. uh, for sales. So what I found, if I was going to do internet leads and then, you know, obviously have the Teledudes column, then if I did mailers simultaneously, then guess who they'd want to talk to, right? They'd, they'd prefer to talk to the mailer. So yep. I've just focused straight on the internet leads because I could get more volume uh, and a better cost per sale on it. But yep, uh, makes sense. if, if I- you could slice it in half, I like that too. Yep. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's the other thing. That's the big point. Like the staff's gonna want to go the path of least resistance, right? Always. Yep. Always. So if they get it, if they get an engaged, you know, call right. in, they're, they're gonna right. work that first over an internet lead where you know uh-huh. they, they may have been called three or four times. They don't want to talk to you. Right. Um <laughs> they may not like the company you represent. So they're like, Oh, this right. mail piece, this is this is the hot one. So, <laughs> right. It's a, this it's is, a little yeah. Yeah, it's the, this is the three legged gazelle. Like I'm gonna right. chase that right. one, you know. Yeah. It, it just takes a little little bit more uh, grit on the front end of those internet leads, but they do work. Yep. Yes, they do. So, so along those lines, what do you find is your favorite your favorite paid lead source? Oh, I I used the company QuoteStorm for a long time. Uh-huh. That was that was a lead source that worked out really really well for me. Just that's pretty much my exclusive source that I built the Scratch agency, that agency in 2017 to 2020 nice. on, and it was it was awesome. I really don't know who's like the top uh, lead vendors now here in Florida because it's just it got so hard, and then you know like some of the direct carriers came in and they were overpaying, and they had to feed their machine. So I've kind of been out of that game for a bit. Mm. Hey, what are you still doing here? Well, while you're still here and while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. Yeah, if you weren't listening before, we took notes from over 100 interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies did help Craig and I write over $10 million in premium in the last couple of years. And let me tell you, on this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the very same results. Again, that's live.teledudes.com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. And if you jump on with us, we are certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there.